Welcome everybody to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday, May 19th, which means it's our last Thursday episode before Star Wars Celebration. Very exciting. <laughs> we are five, uh, a week away. A week from today, the celebration kicks off officially in Anaheim, California, and big panels are going to be broadcast everywhere, of course, but we're hopefully getting some big stuff out of that convention. Uh, so we And also Kenobi. Uh, we're very close to Kenobi as well. Uh, about uh, eight days till Obi-Wan Kenobi kicks off with its first two episodes. So we figured we may get some really great moments from Obi-Wan Kenobi in that show. Let us give you, up until that point, our picks of the 12 best Obi-Wan Kenobi moments of all time. And uh, this I'm John James with me as always. hardest is... episode ever. Yeah. yeah. So Lacey and James with me here. James sweating bullets because he couldn't come up with picks. <laughs> He's like, so, you mean the best four. or the worst? <laughs> I said picks. You oh, goof. picks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I came up with two and John snabbed <laughs> one, nabbed one before me. So I, I was like. I offered it to you. 12 great moments? Does he really have 12 great moments? Like, so I and felt like I was kind of just scraping the bear. I know, I know. A hater. Yeah, no, That's why he's I, wearing uh, a hat so people don't recognize him. <laughs> exactly. I, I called um I called my friend and I was kind of, I loosely mentioned that we were doing this or whatever. And I was like, I was having a kind of a hard time or whatever. And he's like, wait, what? You don't think he's the greatest character? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we got into it. I was like, oh, duh, that's not even what I'm saying. But, oh, it's so crazy. But yeah, um, we'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, we have stuff to do before then. So, James, you can relax for a little bit. But uh, real quick, going to plug a couple things again. Uh, if you listen Monday, you're privy to these. If not, this is why I'm doing this now. Um, but we have a couple more updates for you uh, next Friday at Star Wars Celebration. If you are going, that is May 27th at 3.30 p.m., California time. We'll be there at the convention doing a Make Solo 2 Happen meetup. So if you have Make Solo 2 Happen t-shirts, stickers, whatever you got to rep uh, your support for wanting a continuation to the end of Solo a Star Wars Story, or if you have any Solo, Han Solo, Chewie related gear, bring it uh, with you that day at the convention because 3.30 we're going to do a big group photo, hang out, talk about our love for Solo somewhere on the convention floor. That's a nice open spot for people to relax, hang out, take some photos and chill. And and if you do show up and you're rocking a Make Solo 2 Happen t-shirt, bang, you bang. get one of these enamel pins for free on us. Uh, and also, of course, the next day, May 28th, starting at 5.30 p.m., Radiant Beer Co. is hosting us, TRB Live. We're doing our podcast at that amazing establishment only two miles away from the convention uh so 5 30 to 6 30 happy hour they're gonna have some awesome beers on tap uh it's free to get in it's free to go to the podcast there all ages are welcome and uh we should be starting our podcast around 6 30 or so uh so we hope uh you have an opening on your schedule if you're going to celebration also and if you're a patron of trb uh, which james will get into more details about our patreon in a minute if you're a patron of trb you'll be able to watch live if you're not going to celebration uh so um we wanted to make sure we did that for our supporters over there and then of course we will have a version later on that's more produced uh, 
for everybody. But if you want to watch live as it's happening, because who knows what's, hap- what's going to happen. It may get crazy. We don't know. You'll be able to watch if you're a patron. And hopefully if you're going to Celebration, you join us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Lacey, do, do, is there anything else you want to fire off or do we want to get into some, some Star Wars chat? I, I'm so pumped for Celebration, but at the same time, equally anxious. And I think it's getting it's going to get worse until I'm there. I don't know how What's you the guys... most anxious part for you? Just like making sure I don't forget something. Like I'm going to oh, have to write yeah. like 16 to-do lists and like my hands are sweating. Like as you were talking about this, <laughs> my hands started sweating where it was like, oh my God, we have so much stuff to do. Oh my God, we're doing this on this day and we got to go here and we're going to. It's going to fly by. My, yeah. I know. And that's the other thing too is like I've been waiting and we've all been waiting, but like I've been waiting for so many years and so many things have happened to me personally in the past three years and it's been a crazy time that like this is just going to be such a joyous glorious wonderful exciting four or five days and it's just mm-hmm. i feel like i'm gonna wake up and be like oh i'm home again mm-hmm. and it's like what's that <laughs> next thing that i'm gonna be that hyped for because i don't know if it's ever gonna top this because it's yeah, just been yeah. that long um like if i if i could verbalize yeah. it it's i'm afraid of being there and thinking i should have thought about this sooner right Yes. Like whether it's organizing or having something ready to go, whatever it is. Or missing but, something, yeah. Yeah, what I what I know is the case about celebration, we said this on our panel is like have kind of a general loose idea of the stuff you want to do and when you're going through the process, like I know for a fact that we have already prepared enough that we could just go and enjoy the whole thing and it will have been a success. Like anything yeah. we do that's extra, that we went the extra mile and did this extra thing um, is is stuff that I'm going to be like, okay, cool. We also did that. Like, but because we have, we figured out like where we want to go because they released the schedule. We figured out, you know, we did this, this booking thing and it's good, you know, it's so, so. I, I think we're solid. We just need to, at this point now, recognize we just need to, like, enjoy what's coming I know. Out. And these guys know, like, I over-prepare. I was, like, booking reservations, like, four months ago, being like, guys, you want to go to dinner on this night at this place? I'm going to book the reservation. And they'd be like, what? Mm-hmm. She's like, that lunch, do you want Coke or Coke Zero? Decide now. You have one hour. <laughs> and you know, I, you have one I actually, you guys talk about sweating. James is sweating about his Kenobi picks. Lacey's sweating about the anxiety. I get, I have such a hard time deciding that type of thing when I'm at a restaurant. I'm like, what do I want to drink? I don't know. Oh, I review many, everything that we could possibly eat that week, like whether it be Disney places or mm. a local restaurant, I've already looked at the menu. <laughs> I've already looked at it and I've already pretty yeah. much decided what I'm getting. I drink drinks are tough for me. I don't like doing drinks in the drive-thru because I'm like, I pick my item and then they go, and what do you want to drink? And I'm looking at the menu. And I don't know if you guys have noticed today, but they don't put drinks like they used to. Like uh, you can't, they just, they? they aren't there. Or they'll say like Coke products or something. And you're like, I want to know what drinks <gasps> you have. Or they have that Coke machine that has like a hundred different combinations. And you're well, like, how inside. am I supposed to choose? That's inside though. And I actually like that. I would prefer that better because it can be like, okay, I can I can see what my options are. But like when I'm in the drive-thru and there's cars behind me and they're like, what do you want to drink? And I'm like l- frantically looking over the whole menu to spot where their drinks Fanta. are. I, I end I up want just being like, 
Coke or Pepsi or something. I'm like, I don't. Uh. Yeah, I want the different choice though. I want the orange drink or the high C. I always C do or... uh, cherry Coke. That's my go-to. Cherry Coke. Yeah. And then I don't well, James, in moments like that, you need to heed the advice of Chirrut Imway. <laughs> I fear nothing for all this, as the force wills it. And there he was, right there, right when you needed him the most. You know what I mean? John was uh, like, just... "Shut up, let's go." <laughs> exactly, exactly. Get get to the point. Well. Before we can get to the point, which of course is Will of the Force, we want to get started with that. I do want to take a second to talk a little bit about Patreon because if you're listening to this, that means that you probably like what we do here on TRB. If you are able to, then please consider supporting the show, which you can do at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. There you can sign up for as little as $2 a month. No big deal. You won't even miss it. It's just gone. You're helping us support kind of doing your part or whatever to, to help keep the show going. Um, but that is also going to immediately grant you access to all of our bonus podcasts and videos and commentary and all of the stuff that we do there. We have so many other cool benefits and perks, which allow you to, uh, as you, you know, you keep moving up the ranks, you might even appear on the show. It's pretty cool how we've organized it and the backing that we receive there, um, allows us to keep making two shows a week in addition to all the live streams and the live events and the other exclusive content that we do uh, specifically for our Patreon or our patrons, I should say. Um, so uh, with that level of support, whatever you choose, it helps us to grow and keep doing what we're doing. So we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, we want to get started with the show um, and we love our, our patrons. So we're doing a Patreon submission, uh, which is one of the perks. Uh, the first one here is going to be from Admiral Brennan Emerson. Um, Brennan wanted to know, will the Obi-Wan Kenobi series set up an eventual Darth Vader series? Lacey, we talked a little bit about this on Monday, and I wanted to go down that route, but I knew we were answering this question uh, for Thursday. So what do you think? I forgot that we were answering this question. That's a good mm. point. Mm -hmm. um, thank you, Brennan, for the question. Appreciate it. I. I'm going to say no. I don't think this series is setting up for a, a Vader series. That doesn't change the fact that I want one, but no, I don't think it is. I think this is kind of an Obi-Wan Kenobi one and done series. I know they keep kind of hinting at it and Ewan's like, well, if, you know, they wanted to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, I know that ultimately it comes down to like, hey, if they made a lot of money and they could make it work, would they do it? Probably, but. I don't know. I just, I don't know how this series would lead into that unless I guess they were doing his background of like what he was doing between the movies, kind of like what they're doing with Kenobi, but like from Vader's point of view. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say no. no. I'm going with All my right. gut feeling. John, what do you think? I don't think so either. Um, I think they should, though, do a Vader movie. And I've been that saying that be for cool. a long, yeah. I've been saying that for a long time. Um, one because you know everything we're hearing is that, and and from you know people who we know and that talk to people inside the walls of the top secret vault over there, um, that that there's some trouble going on with the feature film stuff. And what bigger of a no-brainer? than doing a Darth Vader movie and locking in a billion dollar box office. Um, you can follow up the Kenobi series with this, 
do a lot of crazy things in that movie. And the reason why I say movie for Darth Vader is because he doesn't have a lot of screen time in the movies he's already in. He probably won't have a lot of screen time in the Kenobi series. Dedicating a whole series to Darth Vader would be too much Darth Vader. I think doing a movie with other supporting stuff, maybe a Reva. Is it Reva or Reva? I keep screwing that up. I've been saying Reva because it reminds me of Reba. If I say Reva. Oh, yeah. So I've been saying Reva. Reva Yeah. So it just, to me, sounds cooler as Reva, but watch me be totally wrong. I'm sure it's great either way. But yeah, I'm saying Reva. It sounds like Revan too, a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. I've been saying Reva. But it it doesn't really matter. George Lucas says Han instead of Han. So who cares? Saga. Um, He invented the guy. Saga. Yeah. Yeah. We need to make a so, shirt. We need to make a shirt that's like it's Sonic the Hedgehog running on top, but it's George Lucas style. Like, but it's the legs, and it says Saga. Saga. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just S A G A in the Sega logo font. Oh, that brings back memories. The Sega thing. Um, so I think a movie would be a good idea. I don't think a series uh, makes a lot of sense for Vader, but I'd love to see Hayden do some more stuff uh, with Vader in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I, I think that's a good point, John, the the too much Vader thing. But my answer to this question is yes. I think that this makes a lot of sense. Um, I think oh. that there's there's something they're kind of toying around with. They're, they said limited series. And then like they're, they're now seeing like, oh, people want to actually watch this show, which they're short-sighted and reactionary. We already know that. So they're putting this out. And Ewan's like, I'm really surprised by the love we're getting and all this. So it seems like they're kind of like, which makes me sad, by the way. Like every time I hear it, I feel sad for them that they're like, oh, yeah, no, it's so great that the kids have now grown up and they love this film. And then, uh, you know, Hayden will chime in and be like, you know, it was a good movie. And I'm like, it was a good movie, Hayden. Don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah we were really movie. proud of what we did. You know? Yeah, we're <laughs> all thing. proud like, of it. We worked really hard on that movie and stuff. Yeah. Um movies even yeah Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh but the thing here is i feel like they kind of back themselves into quarter calling it limited series and so i think what they could do is they could say ah we kept true to our word uh obi-wan kenobi was a limited series next we're doing vader it's a different show different perspective Vader's obviously in Kenobi. Kenobi could obviously be in Vader Mm. and they could play on that and it could not be like a season two or an ongoing thing, but they could also play in the world of, of doing a second season or telling that story. And also you could up the ante a little bit because I think people have been saying for a long time that they wanted to see that, that dark side show where it's just, vader hunting down the inquisitors and stuff so maybe you know they do the ewan thing there and then they they just like say well vader kept doing that for years let's let's see more of that if him chasing down and actually killing a bunch of these people or something so i I feel like it could be possible and that would make sense and the say you say john a movie i say the the thing here uh that brennan is bringing up makes sense to me as too as well so Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll see man we'll see let's hope uh we got another uh patron submission here from one of our uh, newest uh, members of the base. This is a uh, commander, Aaron uh, Owanya. Yeah, I hey, asked Aaron. him. Uh, I asked him how to pronounce the last name. It's Owanye, right? Owanye, I think is what he said. All right, because uh, it's an interesting last name. I like it. But the, uh, Aaron wanted to know: Will Lucasfilm ever tell the story of the first Force users? 
and how they discovered to use and connect with it, uh, essentially creating an origin story for what will eventually become the Jedi and the Sith. Uh, John, you're going first on this one. Do you think we're ever going to get that story of the first Force users? Uh, I think we have to because I don't think Star Wars is ever going to stop. So I think eventually they'll have to say like, well, what haven't we covered yet? What would be interesting? And it has that sort of like the Force version of Rogue One. It's like, let's see how this came to be and let's do that with the Jedi. Let's see the first person who's like, what? How did I just do that? What was that? You know, um, it could be very interesting. So I don't know if that's what was that pre old Republic then? I don't know what that even, would even be, but I, I could see them doing something like that. So I don't really have much, much else to add other than, uh, do welcome Aaron. First of all, thank you for a new commander. That's amazing. Hope you're enjoying the chat already. It's always like on fire when mm-hmm, I'm hopping mm-hmm. in there. Um, uh, but I'm going to say, yeah, I think so. That sounds like something that'd be interesting. Lacey first force users pre-Jedi and Sith? God, I feel so negative today. No, (laughs) but not because I don't think it's cool. I just think that that's a little too far back. I think they want... They like the idea of being within the timeline of the Skywalker saga enough that you can like pinpoint things that you know and there's relation there. I think going all the way to the beginning, to me, isn't as interesting as like the High Republic, where it's kind of established and it's prior to the Skywalkers, but it's still kind of early mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. in their heyday or whatever. Um, I think like I'm just thinking like Game of Thrones when I hear this and I'm just like, we already got Game of Thrones. Do we need Star Wars version Game of Thrones? I don't know. Maybe, but I just don't see them doing it. So I'm going to say no. Um. Interestingly, my my first thought was no, because and this is a dumb reason, but my first thought was like, I've always kind of viewed the force as like just ever present. So like like fire, for instance, it's always been there. So like Mm. the people who are discovering fire would be like these people who, you know, like Neanderthal types or something Mm -hmm. like the force is just always been around. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, but the thing here also that, that is to your point, Lacey, is like. Harry Potter's big and I know like Fantastic Beasts kind of iffy and, and and it's not as well received or whatever but they're still making those movies and still making money and stuff and it's like is has the question ever come up like do you think the Harry Potter franchise will ever go back to the people who like first discovered magic and it's mm-hmm. like I just don't think that's in the cards like that they there's so many other worlds and stories that they could tell that going back to that I don't think necessarily is like first in line or even like anywhere soon. Um, so I'm, I'm also going to go no on this one for, for various reasons, for various reasons, but similar to what Lacey was saying is like, I just don't think it's priority here. Um, I think it would be cool though. If they did do it, it could, could be kind of neat, but it could right. also be boring. Cause they, they'd go like the whole first movie and like nothing would happen. And then like something would happen. Yeah. That's like, true too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Look what we, we made rocks move. It's like, how could we expand this power? It's like, we already know how you expand the power. Like, get to it. I found know? this crystal. What do you mean? I don't know. It, it called me. It would be it would Credits. be better to probably see people talk about it, you know, like Tar Vizsla, yeah. Jedi Prime, you know, and stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. put us put us there and tell us about it otherwise. All right, we get another uh, submission here. This one from Commander Josh Hull. Uh, Josh wanted to know, will we see an animated Grogu show 
for all the kids who haven't seen an episode of The Mandalorian but still have all of that Grogu merch, tons of Grogu merch, uh, my son included, you know, I don't think he really, you know, cares to watch The Mandalorian, but he knows Baby Yoda. He knows the character. He's, you know, got toys and things. Um, so I think this kind of makes sense, but uh, I'm going to let Lacey answer this first one. What do you think? That and side is, note, when will we get it, if, if yes? Right. Will we see? When will we see? First of all, hi, Josh. How's it going? Thanks for your question. Appreciate it. Thanks for supporting us. Um, Animated Grogu show. I feel like this is such an easy thing to do that it would be like a no-brainer. Like, of course they'd do this. But at the same time, I think that they won't. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so negative today. Wow. Oh. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say they yes. won't do something is negative. It just means I know. I just I don't elsewhere. like saying no, no, no. Like that's yeah. not who I am. Uh, mm. I'm gonna say yes on this one. I think they will make a Grogu animated show. I think it's a great idea. I think they've thought about it. It's an easy kid show. People love Grogu. They want to keep making toys and merch. It's kind of a no brainer. And I think you could make some fun adventures of like he gets into some hijinks. Oh, look at mm. Grogu, Baby Yoda. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I'm gonna say John, yes. Thoughts? Yeah, I'll say yes too. I'm not sure if that means like shorts that aren't really canon, or like they really go for it and do something that adds to the continuity of his story. But I think they'll do something for that reason. Uh, so I think it's actually a great question, Josh. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure, but I'm leaning more towards yes than no. So I'm just going to say yes. A quick, a quick yes. Um, I'm going no. Um, and my, my thing with this is I think there's a little bit of an asterisk, but I think they will after they develop Grogu into something a little bit different. Mm. Um, I think the way that he is right now is there's no way to tell, to have a show unless it's like YouTube shorts um, hmm. with, yep. with actually this being like the title character. Um, he doesn't talk. He does. He bar- barely moves. He's kind of still just kind of coming to some understanding. It's not like he's making choices or could have like a big arc without other people around him, like narrating what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. I-, I just don't think it makes sense right now. Um, but I think that if we want to have that talk about, ray and grogu later you know and like how he's talking and he's like kind of teen groot if you will like or you know but i just don't like baby groot like how would you even write that show he just like just does cute things that's it you know it's like it doesn't really make sense you need other characters to be the lead and he's side there Mm -hmm. Um, so i'm gonna say no um, the last question though here is one of our own. I think John wants to get into the Kessel run. So he had throw out the question. Will Obi-Wan say hello there in the Kenobi series? Oh, John, are you saying yes to this? Uh, no, no, he won't. I, All right. No, I, I know a lot of people love the hello there. They like the idea of the catchphrase. I think Obi-Wan is bigger than that. Um, I, you know, it was a greeting in the script in A New Hope and George Lucas couldn't help himself so he had to add it in Revenge of the Sith as some sort of nostalgic Easter egg. And now it's become a thing where every <laughs> article starts with hello there. Every promotion starts with hello there. Everything is hello there. 
I'm sure you and McGregor walks down the street and everyone's like, hello there. And he's like, oh God, kill me. <laughs> um, but, and it's not a big deal to me. I just think it'd be forced. It would pull me out of the story a little bit. Um, it's not necessary. There's a billion amazing Obi-Wan quotes uh, not to have some sort of like yippee Kaye, you know, John McClane sort of catchphrase. Uh, so I, I, I'm hoping they had the uh sort of like didn't didn't bite the temptation to do it and and held back and and didn't do the whole fan service thing but uh it's again i'm glad i have a podcast where i can express nuance because i <laughs> joked about this on twitter and some people ate me alive it's like don't take everything so seriously people um so i'm gonna say no if he does i really don't care i just leaning towards no gotcha lacy do you think he's saying hello there 100 percent He's absolutely going to say it. They are using it in all the marketing. They used it on their Twitter account. Star Wars UK is using it. All the different people that are working on it, from the PR team to Disney marketing studio execs, they're all saying hello there. 100% he's going to say it at some point. There is no other reason why he wouldn't. I'd like to make a bet on that. Hmm. You're already pieing me once, so you can't pie me again. So if you want to make that bet, sure, because yeah. I'm the one that benefits from the pie. Well, you're saying 100%. 100%. I mean, you're leaving no breathing room. <laughs> well, I don't care. Me... I'll make the bet. I think 100% he's going to say it. We won't know at Celebration. I mean, it would be like a long time before that pie ever gets thrown. Well, so. John and I live close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys don't hang out. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. Here, let, let me let me give my thoughts, which is yes, he's also gonna say it, but I'm gonna take it one step further and I'm gonna say this is when he says it. Are you ready? Ooh. All right, this is when he says it. We just had a very pivotal, heavy moment, and they played the sappy music, and he's lone and he's bowing his head and he's like he's upset. And then the music dies off, and we hear a little faint. And it's this new little theme we've never heard before. And in comes that little circled little droid. And he comes flying in and he's flying around. And, and Kenobi goes, he like, he lands in his hand or something. And he goes, well, hello there. And he said, hey, he's, he's meeting good. this droid. And that's it's a new good, take. James. It's a new take on his John, hello there. John, is good. John you want to make that bet? I, I, Yes, you said I no. I said 100%. Yeah, no, yes, yes. Because he's not going to say it. Because Deborah Chow is not... Are we, are we shaking uh, on it verbally? Fugazi. <laughs> okay. All right. What's the bet, though? Uh, A pie. Another pie? You're the one that brought up the pie. Let's raise the stakes. Let's do $1,000. I'm not paying you for your dumb opinions. <laughs> My dumb opinions? It's speculation. It's not even an opinion. Dumb um, speculation. We gotta do something besides a pie. I'm not paying we'll you to, for being wrong. How about that? We'll have to figure. Well, I'll be right. That's all right. <laughs> uh, probably not. Let's uh, get to the castle it, run. Sure. Mm -hmm. We'll figure out the terms of that bet at a later date. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that is it for Will of the Force, uh, and we got twelve Obi Wan, twelve best Obi Wan moments coming up. Right, John? 
That's right. So strap in and get ready to go on the Kessel Run. If you're new to TRB, welcome. Thank you for uh, checking us out. Thanks for hanging out. Um, This is our segment where we put together our collective list of 12 uh, things about a specific topic in Star Wars. And so this time it's the 12 best Obi-Wan Kenobi moments heading into uh, the Kenobi series. Obviously that our list might change if there's some really big moments that may knock some of ours off the list. But as of now, from when we first met Obi-Wan to now in canon, we're putting together our list of 12 best Obi-Wan Kenobi moments. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? It's a ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. So, uh, James, since he likes Kenobi the most out of the three of us, we're going to start things off with him. You got to set the bar. Uh, I'll set it low. And then Lacey (laughs) will go and uh, we'll put together a list of 12 and we'll read our list at the end. What? I want to go last. That is what I said. Oh. Yes. Yay. Yay, listening. (laughs) Uh, No, but jokes aside, we'll read our list at the very end to summarize it. And we want to know if uh, your picks made our list. So let's find out by starting our list with James. What's up, buddy? Yeah, I mean, as as we said before, like, he's not necessarily my favorite. So I kind of went through and tried to pick out certain spots that I thought, like, this was pretty cool when he did it. I mean, again, remember, like, I think of Obi-Wan, like, I think of the Stormtroopers, you know, like... They're all white. Um, but here we go. Uh, I got a question here. No one no one picked up on that. I guess. Okay. <laughs> go, James. <I'm> gonna... <laughs> what? He's dragging his feet to get to this countdown. <laughs> no, my joke. My joke is what I was setting up there. Mm. Anyway, no, I don't think you guys picked it up. Go back on the re-listen. All right, I will, all right, I'll start off this just because we did the hello there. This is going to be my first pick. It's him dropping down from the rafters on Utapau and saying hello there. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> That's my first pick. I love that moment. I I take the hello there out of the statement. What is cool about this scene is Obi-Wan totally deep in this territory that's enemy territory he's already figured it out he's been listening to like um you know everything that's going on in in here (laughs) and it is very dangerous and he lone jedi his plan is throw the robe off and drop right smack into the middle of them and have no fear whatsoever like completely brave uh against Someone who has been on the run and a very formidable enemy in General Grievous, right? It's um, it's it's absolutely uh, a a a powerful bold move on his part. And the line aside, uh, I think the the line actually is what I think makes it even more memorable for people. But the line aside is this is a great moment for Kenobi as a character. Yeah, I, the bravery. I that's you make a great point, and I actually think the line diminishes the moment because it's just a meme now. And you're right that the moment itself is a very big show of bravery, um, and athleticism. Like it's a far drop. He goes mm-hmm. down all the way down from whatever level he's up on, um, and then you know faces off against the Magna guards and and cuts them to pieces, and then takes on Grievous. So yeah, Obi Wan. Definitely 
never shows fear. He's a very strong-minded Jedi, and that's one of those moments where you're like, yep, this guy, it does not worry about the challenge at all. So I think that's a good pick. All right. Great pick. Yeah. Great pick, Starting it man. off strong with the goat. <laughs> with hello there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, my first one is from A New Hope, and it's something that always sort of gives me chills, but also fond, like sort of nostalgia memories. And it's after everything that happens where Luke trusts the Force because Obi-Wan's telling him, like, let go of, you know, the the computer and the mechanics. Trust the Force. Um, and he is able to do that, hone his skills, and the only one who was able to successfully get the torpedoes into destroy the Death Star. And then... Obi-Wan just says, remember, the Force will be with you always. And it's his last line in the movie. It echoes, like, beautifully with Alec Guinness's uh, amazing accent and voice. And it's just sort of like Luke sitting there, like, hearing that and realizing, like, wow, this thing is real. This just happened. And he was right. I trusted him and he was right. It was like this big moment for Luke where he's just like, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Way to kill the seriousness of my point. Every time I think of that scene, I think of it like bopping around. Well, did you hear, speaking of Kenobi, did you hear Ewan McGregor talking about how he had to be on like the the gymnast horse thing for Revenge of the Sith? And he's like, then I had to turn around and be like, sit on it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. My favorite was him talking about recently how they took him in for like basically trials with the volume and stuff as obi-wan he said oh, he had yeah, forgotten yeah. how to do the voice and he just sounded like a teacher <laughs> like he said yeah. it just sounded terrible and he's like We're, luckily yeah. i had time to practice long before we actually filmed but for like their tests he said he sounded terrible yeah where, where was all this positive reaction to the press on monday <laughs> we're like oh it's so awesome that, um today i right. like the press what well, uh that that's a good pick john um Anything anything to add to that, what you said? No, I said pretty much everything. I mean, it's just, it's it's sort of Luke realizing what Obi-Wan said was true and finally not just believing in Obi-Wan, but seeing that, seeing it come to fruition and what he did actually was done because of the Force. And it was the first time Luke experienced that aside from when he had the blaster shield on and deflected three small blaster bolts. Sure. He just blew up the Death Star and it was, you know, his first foray into doing anything of that magnitude where the biggest thing he'd done before that was blasting Womp Rats in a T-16. So it's welcome to the big leagues. And he did it because he trusted the Force, not his computer, which caused all the others to uh, perish. So, yeah, um, I think it's big moment. I think the other cool thing about it for me when I first watched The New Hope was it was an example of a character having such a big impact on another character for such a short time. Like he really meets kind of interacts with Ben for the first time in a long time, then goes on this adventure with him, then loses him, but then knows that he's not alone. And the impact of that person, even though with him for a short time had changed the course of his life. Like that to mm-hmm. me is just like such a cool part of that moment. <laughs> Which yeah. reminds me of that Leia thing too, where like they the the, the meme of her like 
uh, I just lost my entire planet, my mom and my parents and all this other stuff. But like, I know you just lost this old man. <laughs> She's like, come for oh, yeah. yeah, right. Are you just this old man that you knew for like a day? And so sorry. They're there. <laughs> yeah. And then like even a little bit later, the old man's like, dad, don't even worry about it. I'm still with you. But like Bail Organa is like not around, you know, yeah, like, he's back. not coming back. No one on Alderaan coming back. Obi-Wan's still hanging out, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Not to go on too much of a tangent, but Alderaan blowing up, like, I I don't think it really hit me until, like, probably recently how big of a deal that is, that that whole planet is just, like, gone. Because it just happens so quickly when you're watching when you're little and you're like, oh, my God, that's terrible. But, like, Mm -hmm. when you're older, you don't really grasp, like, all the people, all the children, all the women, all the creatures, all the, all this, everything. Yeah. Which is so crazy. Because, yeah, and that's why it's it, it's funny to look at it that way with that meme but then it's like we didn't see it we just saw the planet blow up and it was like oh that marble blew up i know nowadays they'd show you everything like in the force awakens like, they show those in, people even like, in the force awakens ah! they kind of didn't though it's like they, wanted they show those to people go on that, that balcony i know like yeah but they what yeah. they had a storyline there with with um corsella and all that yeah. and like it didn't, didn't end up happening but I feel like Marvel nowadays with all the rapture stuff, like they show you everyone like perishing. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars is like, that's a little too much for us. Um, All right. I'm back around again. No, it's my turn. Oh, Lacey's up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, So I'm going to kind of play off what James started us off with, which my one of my picks is when Kenobi shoots Grievous. I think that this moment is just such a funny moment. I think many of my moments probably are either super heartwarming or funny like it's either one or the other there's no like in between um but i love that's one of the things that i love about kenobi is he always had these like kind of witty wisecrack moments and i know john makes the the jokes about the hello there and like hey kind of takes down the serious moment i'm the person on the side of like i loved those things i loved the corniness i loved the cheesiness um but yeah no i love when He's doing all these like, you know, crazy fights with the lightsabers and Grievous has all these arms and it's like this big fight. And then ultimately he just shoots him with his own blaster and he's like so uncivilized. I just, I love it. I love everything about him. Yeah, that was cool. It was very like Western sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Which also then too is like a callback to the originals in that sense. And somebody could be like, that was a cool moment. And they dropped this like... Funky with the Han Solo line, yeah, yeah, and like it's, so insane. It's also a parallel to his moment with Maul. Instead of getting the lightsaber, it, it there was just a blaster there, and he's right. hanging. It's the same thing. He's hanging down. His adversary's above him, and he gets the blaster and he shoots him in the chest, as right. opposed to cutting him in half with a lightsaber. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Good. Part All right, James, you are yeah, you are back up. So we're uh, up to pick four. Um, all right. Well, I, um, I'm going to c- slightly include a- an additional scene cause I know, it, uh, I know it's not on your guys' list. So I'm going to kind of include it in this, but, um, uh, it's kind of the, uh, you don't need to see our identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for moment, but, but more specifically, even above that is him walking into the club in, um, attack of the clones and being like, you don't need, you don't want to sell me death six. You want to go home and rethink your life. Like I, <laughs> I don't feel like we really get this in Star Wars other than from Kenobi. So to me, that move of kind of passively, aggressively doing Jedi business 
in a positive way um, or kind of in a like I need to get stuff done, kind of get get away from me kind of thing. And I could just easily kind of solve this situation thing. It's like a but casual use where we don't normally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think like we're supposed to be shocked in a new hope when he does that because we're like even Luke is like looking back and forth like what is going on right now? Um, and today it's hard to kind of understand the impact of that because I would imagine like all Jedi used mind tricks, you know, mm-hmm. especially in that era, mm-hmm. but they didn't really go out of their way to show us that. Like we don't see Mace Windu or Kit Fisto doing that stuff. We really only see in the movies, we see Obi-Wan doing it again. And, and I think even more so in the other one where he's like kind of helping this person, by by saying, um, you know, you've obviously gone wrong somewhere. Like, go fix fix yourself, because Jedi are supposed to be uh, good, and everybody else is bad, and they're like the the light, you know, going out. So even just being near or addressing a Jedi could result in a positive uh, factor coming out of it, and. I think that is it's good that Obi-Wan has that characteristic more so than other Jedi. I think all Jedi do that, but they've handed that character trait to Obi-Wan, I think, very specifically, mm-hmm. probably because he did it in A New Hope or something similar. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, you know, again, I like what you're doing here, James, and I don't know if it's on purpose, where you have two picks that are often quite gifable and memeable. Mm-hmm. But when you get past that aspect of it, like the social media element of it, there is substance there mm-hmm. that sometimes gets forgotten because of the memes and the gifts and stuff. And yeah, like Obi-Wan just sort of like, I always saw it as he's annoyed. He's got other things on his mind. So he wants to dis- dismiss this guy, but he's also like doing it in a way where he's like, I'm going to do it so this guy doesn't does good and doesn't harm more, bother more people. Yeah, he could have been like, go jump off a cliff. Yeah. You know, and he's like, I'm going to go jump off a cliff, you know? Right. But he didn't. <laughs> he did. He, <laughs> he didn't. told him to go yeah. home and rethink his life and get out he, of selling he death sticks on the side, you know? Yeah. So when they do, uh, from a certain point of view for the prequels, we'll learn what happened to Elon Sleazebagano after he went I think and we rethought do. his in, life. In did they, did they already told, they yeah, told in, his story? Yeah. Oh, of course they did. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but no, I think, yeah, I think that that's my pick. Just, uh, Um, Okay, my second pick is Obi-Wan becomes one with the Force versus Vader to help uh, Luke and everyone escape. Um, Now, I I picked this because uh, one of our discussions recently, which some people were like, oh, I didn't really think of it that way, is that Vader really doesn't kill Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan becomes one with the Force and Vader swipes through a robe. Like, he's already gone. And you see Obi-Wan hold his lightsaber up to his face and maybe the Obi-Wan Kenobi series will add even more to this in terms of the impact and weight of it. But then he sort of slyly looks over to Luke like, watch this. <laughs> and then if you're watching Star Wars for the first time, you're like, what just happened? This guy just disappeared. Vader's stomping out, wondering if a human body is underneath a blanket. And Obi-Wan disappears and and really just sacrifices his existence knowing he was at the end anyway to distract the stormtroopers and vader with just enough time so that luke han leia chewie and all of them can get out of there which is the bigger you know 
the the bigger like what what's bigger than a Jedi realizing that the the grander cause is more important than the last five years of your life or whatever Obi-Wan would have gone on to live. Um, he knew that, you know, he probably wasn't going to be leaving that place. Darth Vader felt that he wasn't there to leave that place. He said escape is not his plan. Uh, so Obi-Wan might have had that plan from the get-go, but he wasn't sure how he was going to get to it. But he found that spot where he's like, if I don't do something here, this kid who I'm supposed to have watched over all this time may get killed and then I'm a complete and total failure. If I make it so this kid can go on and do what he's supposed to do, I redeem myself. And uh, he sort of makes that sacrifice to become one with the Force and winds up helping Luke uh, it, you know, from, from that realm afterwards. But uh, a big moment and again, just from a movie standpoint, probably watching it being like, what, what was that? What just happened? So um, yeah, Obi-Wan becoming one with the Force to help save Luke. I think that's a great one and you know, it was one of those moments every once in a while on social media that people kind of like dissect moments in the movies or scenes. It was one of those scenes that went around recently. I think once people were talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi series is coming and stuff like that, but it was the idea that when he looks over at Luke, he's thinking like, I'm once again saving the Skywalker twins from their father. Like I'm once again one-upping mm-hmm. Vader one more time because he kind of mentally had the high ground again. Like he he was once again besting Vader because Vader yeah, starts that whole like thing that. off being like, I'm now the master. You know, the students now become the master. And then Kenobi's kind of like, really, dog? Are you sure? And then he just kind of owns him again. And it's yeah. such a great, great moment that shows how powerful he really is um, and how he is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So that is five picks. We're up to number six. Lacey, you're mm-hmm. up with your second. So... Since we talked about him going into the force, I guess I'll go into my next pick, which is when I gave this pick, you know, a lot of these we think about very specific quotes. I thought about this pick as something as more of seeing him on screen for the first time was such a powerful moment for me as a little kid that I felt like this was one of my favorite moments, which was Return of the Jedi, Kenobi just walking around in the forest, like coming out from behind the trees, being like, oh, hello, Luke. It was such a moment that when I was little, I was like, wait, hold on. He's like a ghost and he's just walking around. And the technology to me was crazy, which it was back then, too. But like seeing him just interacting with Luke and he looked so real and, you know, he's sitting on the log just chit chatting about their future and what's going on. And then, like, the behind-the-scenes knowledge of, like, they kind of lied to Alec Guinness to get him to do it because he was, like, really religious. And they were like, no, you're not, like, a ghost. You're, like, you know. Right. They couldn't use the word ghost. Yeah. Yeah, it was something else. But just, you know, John had brought up the lines that he discusses. What? Sorry, James. They always say force spirit. Like, I think fans say force ghost, right? Right. But, like, they had to tell him that, like, no, 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 you're not a ghost. Mm -hmm. Um. But John had brought up when I put this on my list that he was like, oh, so which line specifically? And it was like, honestly, not even a line. It was just the idea that he walked onto the into the mm-hmm, scene mm-hmm. of this blue ghost yeah, and was yeah. like, interacting with Luke. Like, to me, that was crazy. But it's so substantial to the story because it's showing that everything that's resting on Luke. But <clears throat> even then, there's this moment between him and Yoda where Yoda's like, you know, 
it's not the end. It's, There's it's, a lot of lines in that that it's it's hard to pick out like what is, like what, what do you have a line from that that stands out to you that you always think of when you think of that scene? <laughs> Honestly, no. It's just him no. walking out. There's just so many in that. There's the, like uh, he's more machine now than man. Um, twisted and evil. There's um. Oh, I can hear him saying it too. Like when you yeah, said that line just now, I can your hear your instincts him. serve he's you more well. Machine now than um, there's uh, from a certain point of view. Yeah, you know, and the yeah. whole like Luke, you're gonna find that some of the truths you hold on to. Because like, he's like, a, oh, why didn't? Because he's basically the explanation of like, why didn't you tell me it was my dad? Like, yo, what? why did you lie to me? <laughs> Yeah, there. There's one that always kind of stuck out to me is when he says, "Then the empire has already won." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's this the emperor. Discuss- yeah, oh, the emperor has already won. Yeah, has already it's, won. <laughs> yeah, it. His some some of those delivery like I love it. Like I love you it. think his delivery would be a little different on the your instinct serves. That's well. a good it's point. Like he's he, nodding for a couple seconds. He he, he uses the same looks like tone. He goes, "Then the emperor has already won. You yeah. were our only hope." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, the delivery is kind of funny, but it's like Obi Wan's trying to make him feel like guilt him into going. Like, all right, like I'll go yeah. mow the lawn. All I, right, I, yeah. I particularly like the Emperor has already already won because it reminds me of um that that line that I like from Yoda where he says like where Luke says I don't believe it and he says that is why you fail. It's like there's yeah, something yeah. bigger there. It's like if you've already come to this decision and that's where you stand. Then and there's no I, wiggle room. Then there's yeah, no point in having like this you, conversation. You have yeah. you have to get over this, or you have to change your mind. You have to see it differently, um, because if if you're stuck here, you're not gonna progress. Right. We can't yeah. win and, this. It's it's also, in your head. Like Yoda just died. It's this big <laughs> dramatic moment, and Yoda goes, "There is another Skywalker," and you, you're probably like, "Oh my god!" Like this is crazy. And then like two minutes later, Obi Wan's like. Yeah, it's your twin sister. It's Leia. And he's like, oh. There oh, no. Is okay. Yeah, I was going to say, even I can't imagine very many people sitting in the theater actually heard that line. Suffering. <laughs> like, he says it, but he's like, Sky. What? Yeah, I know. And I'm like, how many. I think that's supposed to be like a big revealing moment. And I can only picture people in the theater going, like, what did he say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like leaning over like, what was that? What did he it say? It also has a very sound South Parky sound to me when he says it. He's like, eh, eh. Like it sounds <laughs> yeah, like South yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, we got off we got off topic here. Yeah, I was trying fine. to keep it serious, but um, um all right, James, we're halfway there. So why don't you uh kick off the second half with <laughs> pick seven? Um all right, I I the other two were a little more serious. I'll go I'll go a little silly and if you have been paying attention recently to our episodes, you might know where I'm going with this. One of my favorite moments from Obi-Wan Kenobi is in Attack of the Clones when Anakin and Padme go to save him on Geonosis. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Did you see this coming? Yeah. So, I I love it, man. It's uh it's <laughs> Obi-Wan being tied up clearly in the middle of the Coliseum and they're leading Anakin and Padme in and uh, he's like, why are you here? And he's like, well, you know, we were doing this and we agree, we decided we were going to come and rescue. And he gives this look up to his handcuffs above his head <laughs> and he looks back at Anakin and he goes, good job. <laughs> I love it. And it's not a very memed moment. It's very like subtle and overlooked. 
And I feel like it's one of the funniest things in Star Wars. Like it's just him. <laughs> it is. I don't know. Like the way he delivers it is like a great, wonderful, glad to have you here right now. <laughs> and then you said that like last time we talked about it, you said Anakin's just kind of like, oh. Oh, yeah. He do- <laughs> he's like, and then we were going to come to rescue you, <laughs> you know? And he's like, good job. And Anakin's like, hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> Anakin had other priorities. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like Lucas was kind of stuck in the prequels where he didn't have the non-Jedi everyman to be the sense of humor. So he's like, well, I guess I got to make some of these guys funny. Like these Jedi, like who are usually just being these sort of hermit wizard, you know, not that funny guys. And Kenobi was always kind of making those comments, even in like The Phantom Menace, he was making those kind of like snarky yeah yeah he he had to sprinkle that in in other places and yeah having that there was definitely a <laughs> funny moment because you come right off the situation where you know you have Anakin and Padme having their romantic moment across the stars hits they get wheeled out like it's freaking uh you know an early 1900s romance movie into the arena and then Obi-Wan's like yeah great job <laughs> great job <laughs> so, so yeah uh, I like that. another good. quick thing I like about this moment too is that I, I often think that Kenobi should have been a better teacher for for Anakin and often in the movie there's there's kind of two situations that they find themselves in often which is one Obi-Wan saying Anakin I told you not to do that thing and Anakin going it worked didn't it and then Obi-Wan being like <sighs> He's right. (laughs) There's that scenario. (laughs) And the other scenario is, is Anakin being a little bit more subtle about it. Like anytime he's like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And Anakin's like, yes, I totally won't do that ever again. Sorry about that. And it's like, not, it's not very sincere. It feels awkward. Well, I had to find one I liked. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of stuff. And so I feel like he's kind of like, not doing a very good job at, at being better than Anakin and and recognizing that Anakin is Padawan. He's younger than he Obi-Wan should be better in all accounts. So I like the situation of Anakin very clearly making mistake and Obi-Wan being like, great job. You did like good job. You did not do at all what I told you to do. And this it's very evident right now that you should be listening to me and paying attention to what I'm telling you. Because you're just getting us into more trouble, and and Anakin actually like taking it, I I mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's rare. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, all right. Next pick. Uh, all right. Uh, my my next pick is uh, Obi Wan defeating Maul after Qui Gon's death in the Phantom Menace at the to close out the duel of fates. Um. In my opinion, one of the best lightsaber duel moments when that red door opens and Obi-Wan, he knows he can't get to Qui-Gon yet because he still has a battle in front of him. He he doesn't want to end up the way Qui-Gon did. And he has to channel all that and figure out what to do with all that. You know, just screaming no after seeing his master get killed. That has to like gut you as just a human, you know. And he has to take on this demon who just wants to cut him up and kill him. And... The way like that battle starts when that red door opens is, you know, we I was talking about the over choreography in these lightsaber duels on Monday's episode, but that this one felt raw. 
and you see a little bit of, I don't want to say anger, but a very focused intensity on Obi-Wan's face that you don't typically get from, you know, Jedi in these situations. And that coupled with Ray Park's moves and then how it all sort of ends up where he winds up being able to use Qui-Gon's lightsaber because Maul forgot that it was there uh, is very smart. And you get a little like blood spray in Star Wars, just this little bit there at the, <laughs> at the end. Um, and of course, Maul does come back and, and uh, you know, has a bigger arc later on. But the fact that uh, Obi-Wan has this like really big moment where he has to step up and and take him out like that was that was a big powerhouse moment in the in the phantom menace and one of the bigger moments in the prequels in my opinion yeah i think that's a great moment i that whole fight is just so epic like, like maul I've always spins said like that, a sideways cork it's like crazy yeah i i i always talk about how jabba's palace is like the best sequence in star wars and or the original trilogy like that duel the fate sequence i think is my favorite in the prequels like I yeah, just love it really so good. much from the moment the doors open to the music kicking out. It's just perfect. Great, great pick. Um, I'm gonna head to the original trilogy for my next pick, which is this is one of those things that I've always found funny. Like when I brought up the uh torture droid with the gonk droid where he's like, No, mm. no. Like this is just one <laughs> of those things that ever since I was little, it's stuck in my head as something that's really funny. And so it's my favorite one of my favorite moments with Kenobi. It's when Luke is getting got saved in the desert and he's talking about how like, oh, this droid is, you know, looking for old Ben. And he's just like, oh, I've heard of this, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, he's me. <laughs> and it's just like this. The oh, way yeah. he says it is just so funny. He's like, he's me. And he's like touching okay. his chest. And you're having this moment like, oh, this guy is the guy they're looking for. Weird. <sighs> Um, but I just more than anything, I just love how Alec Guinness says the line, mm -hmm. and it's a very simple like. This is why I like this moment. Yeah, I I, I love no that. Him. Like, yeah, that is him. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> yeah. a glimpse of his humor and wit that we eventually see throughout the character. And it's like theater because he could just be like, "Yeah, that's me" immediately, but he's like, "Obi Wan Kenobi, Obi Wan." Now that's a name I've heard. It's like, dude. Come on. <laughs> And then he's like, of course I know him. He's me. And it's like, ah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I love that personal like theater. And he does he the to put beard on, like, thing show. too that you yeah. eventually does, which is like the beard kind of touch. Yeah. That's yeah, really cool. I, I, I might have gone with, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> which version? Before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Good um, pick. That was a really good pick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, your first introduction <clears throat> to the clever and wit. Uh, it, I, every time I think about lines like that, I go back to Princess Bride and he goes, smell this. And he smells it and he goes, I don't smell anything. And then he goes, what you do not smell. I, I've always <laughs> loved that line because it's like any normal person would be like, well, it's, and they would just go, yeah. they, they're taking what this person threw at them and immediately reversing it back on them. And I, I think this kind of falls into that category with, with him being like, you know, presenting the idea of like, oh, you know, this other person. He goes, you know, Ben, he's like, he, it's me. You know, the way he's like, oh, I definitely know him. That mm -hmm. person. <laughs> he, mm -hmm. Whoa, that guy. He's me. You know, he kind of like flips <laughs> what he says and uh, and kind of surprises you. And I think it's a it, it's a good uh, setup for being a little bit thrown off by this person 
because when you're when we're first introduced to him in this moment, he also just did the woo 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 thing and you don't really know what you're supposed to expect. And mm-hmm. uh, at this point we've heard of the crazy old wizard and other things. So I think like him being friendly and, and clever and witty opens the door to us to be willing to listen to him when he goes, <laughs> when he starts uh, asking us to <laughs> put Jesus into our hearts, you know, like right. a few minutes later, <laughs> he's like the force, it binds us and all this stuff. And Luke's kind of like, mm, okay, <laughs> you know, he's a little nervous now. Like, uh, I don't know. I he's went like, into this I guy's didn't house. sign up for he a timeshare. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, but that, that is definitely a good pick. Um, so it is, so it is back at me now. And this is my final. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So I think if you know me, you know what that last pick is going to be. Um, and that is Obi-Wan uh, fighting Darth Maul in Star Wars Rebels. It's got to be, right? Uh, I think everybody knew that probably was coming. Um, this is, this is um, to, to give a little bit of feedback too, this is what the first thing I thought of when John brought up 12 best I moments. knew that was your first thing you thought of. I was like, it has to be that moment. And then... Uh, you know, John and Lacey, as you guys have heard a million times, they filled in their answer and I kind of like followed suit after that. But I was like, that one is like my number one, like Kenobi moment because, um, John brought it up recently, uh, you know, how it was discussed and how it was thought out. He's in this position, then he's in this position, then he moves to this position and it's all this whole big thing. And I was a big defender when it, um, when it was immediately bashed just like, what a letdown of a fight. I was like. I never, I was, I took it like that. What? Like, how did that go so fast? What did I just witness as you should, but I was never against it. I was exactly like, that was amazing. I can't believe it went down that quick. It's instant. I added it as my like Apple watch. Like when I look at it, he goes boom, boom, boom and cuts him down. It was just, it's so beautiful, but it's, it's everything about that scene, him talking to Ezra, explaining Maul, um, telling him to move on the, the fight and the discussion that they have. Um, I think the only, the only weird thing about that scene is him saying like telling Maul, yes, he's the chosen one. Or do you, do you think he's the chosen one? He's yes. Cause then I, ha- I still fall back on that whole, like, Kenobi man no he's not man you're missing the picture here he's not the chosen one so you're wrong but you know and I often have to go with like when people ask about that I go I think Kenobi thinks he's the chosen one and that's the best thing I can go with right here but I feel like that scene is gets confusing for some fans yeah other other than that like I feel like everything about it was perfect and Filoni totally understood his character and where he would be as a as a swordsman at that point so uh it, it's got to be that moment for me yeah it's a big scene that has grown on me a lot because i always like the idea of like man that'd be amazing to see mcgregor and park together again like 20 years later doing something like that but um whitworth's thing definitely sold me filoni talking about it for sure but also just seeing obi-wan like if your best friend was killed by this guy and you know, in any other type of storytelling, like uh, an old Western or something, it's all about revenge. You want to get revenge on that guy, but Jedi don't do that. And the fact that he cuts him down and then like catches him and has compassion for him is like 
talk about we talk about high ground with Obi Wan, like talk about high road and just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the just the crazy amount of humanity you need to possess to be able to do that. Pretty wild, and it takes it definitely in that short span takes an Obi Wan's character to uh, another level. Um, hence why I'm really not into the catchphrase stuff because he's such a big when you say an, deep character another level do you mean like the high ground well i already said the high ground joke you missed it <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah um all right good round james i know that was a struggle for you so you can breathe now uh <laughs> but i'll give my last gotcha. pick which is pick 11 in our list and mine is not I don't think it'd be like a highlight for most, but this is my favorite moment in the entire prequel trilogy. And it's Obi-Wan's just selfless suicide dive through the window on Coruscant, like a hundred floors up to try to catch the courier droid to find out who's trying to kill Padme. Meanwhile, Anakin's just standing there. (laughs) Obi-Wan's like, all right, I guess I'm jumping through this glass window because I'm the man. (laughs) He just like suicide dives through this window and catches onto this thing. And I, I remember watching that being like, holy cow, like Obi-Wan Kenobi's a badass. I know what he did to Maul in the Phantom Menace. Lightsabers are one thing, but this guy just said, I'm jumping through this window. And then it's funny later on, you see them like a, a droid fixing the window. Cause yeah. it's like, it's just completely yeah. shattered. <laughs> Putting the but new the fact on. that the fact that he's like, there's no other way we're going to find out who's about to kill her. This is my only option. And he could have easily just fallen to his death. And some people have edited that gift to show him like missing it and falling. But <laughs> I thought that was honestly one of the coolest, and that's the best way I can describe it, the coolest moments from a Star Wars character. My uh, Arguably in, this, in, this, in the prequel trilogy, but maybe in all of Star Wars, Han Solo stuff aside, uh, the coolest thing a Jedi has ever done in Star Wars, in my opinion, that wasn't Jedi-ish. Um, it's very Obi-Wan Han just, Solo-esque. Yeah, it's sort of rogue. It's 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 obviously unsafe. It's dangerous. The the probability of success is not good. Probably a lot of injury involved. And he's just like, I have to do this because this is my job. Uh, again, just like my other pick before with him becoming one with the force. It's never about him. He's like, he knows what his job is, what his role is. The greater good of the galaxy depends on things he does as a Jedi. And he's like, in this moment, I need to find out who's trying to kill her. Uh, or it's going to get a lot worse. She may die next time. And he just blasts through and, and uh, catches onto that courier droid. And then we he ends up being able to find out. I think it's also interesting because it's in within the first, what, 10 minutes of the film. It's, it's really early, a yeah. completely different Obi-Wan than we saw in The Phantom Menace, who is following direction, that's following what Qui-Gon says, who's very calm and reserved and kind of in the shadows kind of watching what's going on. And this is someone that's clearly ready to take action. That's not taking that second to think he's just acting. And it's, Mm -hmm. I think that's due to what we talked about last episode or last Thursday, which was uh, Qui-Gon's death and how it's affected Obi-Wan two, two, three days ago. Um, Because this, this Obi-Wan is so cool. And like we said, Han Solo-esque and he's witty in this movie and funny you didn't get that in Phantom Menace. And I think that that is the moment you kind of start to see like, oh, he he is really, really cool. And he is one of the greatest Jedi. Um, yeah. My 
last pick is, I think, probably the majority of people's picks for best Kenobi moment, especially the prequel fans, um, which would be the moment between him and Anakin in Revenge of the Sith, where he says, you were my brother, Anakin, I loved you, and just the raw emotion that Ewan McGregor plays in the scene. Um, it's completely and utterly heartbreaking. Um, and as we let like go into the Kenobi series, you know we're going to hit that again. You know there's going to be a moment between them. There's going to be some flashbacks. There's going to be something that you're going to hit that crazy, intense, emotional moment again. And I think it's one of the best acted scenes in Star Wars between him and Hayden Christensen. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Ewan is heartbreaking. Anakin has so, like, Hayden is so angry. He has so much rage that's just totally counteracting this heartbreak that you get from Obi Wan Kenobi. It's just, it shows you, it's kind of the chef kiss moment of the prequel trilogy where you realize the choice that was made. And the repercussions of those consequences, the consequences of those actions and the repercussions of one person just going to the dark side and how much damage it causes and Kenobi feeling responsible. And you can see that and we're going to probably see more of that in the Kenobi series. Absolutely. That's a tough moment. And it's and it's it's a pivotal like they got the PG-13 rating. There's other stuff there too, but like, I'm sorry, but like <laughs> the him catching on fire thing. It's gory, yeah. Oof. Yeah, it's rough um, because it's it's something like, for some reason, you're not just watching somebody else doing, but you can immediately like feel. Have you ever seen, you ever seen like a picture and people are like, I can smell this photo, <laughs> yeah. you know, or whatever. There's something about watching that particular scene and being like, I feel like I'm on fire. I can feel or the pain. You feel of what like he's you're Kenobi through. because you watch this little boy grow up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's definitely one of those moments in a movie where even if it's the, if it's the first time you're watching it, you know what he is like. Watching Revenge of the Sith, you're like, I wonder how it's going to happen, right? Because you we know what's going to happen <laughs> like the first time we watch it. Time machine. <laughs> oh, with comes, the, what's his comes, name? Crispin Glover. <laughs> his arm, right? Or both his arms? I forget what it was. Yeah. 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 I wish we knew that Vader didn't have like legs. So the whole uh-huh. Revenge of the Sith would get a bit like, when is he going to lose his legs? Right. Because there are a couple of moments in Revenge of the Sith where like Anakin's hanging and like the elevator almost yes. cuts him. And suddenly so, you're like, it's kind of like that in a way, in a, in a weird way. <laughs> Hot time you the whole. It's like Crispin Glover, yeah. yeah. But like, the, like even though you know what's gonna happen, you're still like hoping, like, all right, well, like he fell on those on those coals. Maybe they can get him up, and maybe he, like he can like be good again. Even though you know that's not gonna happen, it's just one of those things you hope in your mind. You know, it's 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 a tra- that's what a perfect mm-hmm. example of a tragedy story. So yeah, mm-hmm. great pick to close it out. And so to run down our twelve picks. Uh, Obi-Wan drops down on Utapau to face Grievous, uh, the whole hello there deal, but really just uh, putting himself out there one on five uh, and Grievous with all his uh, arms and whatnot with the lightsabers. Um, 
remember the force will be with you always in the new hope after luke blows up the death star uh kenobi shooting grievous and killing him uh, on Utapau with Grievous's weapon. Uh, very uncivilized, but gets the job done. Uh, Obi-Wan and Elon Sleazebagano. You want to go home and rethink your life. Uh, Obi-Wan becomes one with the Force versus Vader to help the others escape. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Obi-Wan, Force Ghost Obi-Wan. Walking out through the trees and speaking with Luke. Uh, convincing him to go confront Vader. Uh, Obi-Wan sarcastically mocks Anakin for failing to rescue him in the arena on Geonosis. <laughs> uh, defeating Maul after Qui-Gon's death in The Phantom Menace to close out Duel of the Fates. Um, of course I know him. He's me. Revealing to Luke that he is indeed Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, twin sons. Kenobi versus Maul closing out uh, that rivalry in um, dramatic fashion in Rebels. Uh Kenobi's suicide dive through the window in Coruscant to find out who tried to kill Padme. And you are my brother, Anakin. I loved you in Revenge of the Sith. So those are our picks for the greatest Obi-Wan Kenobi moments. Let us know if your picks were on our list. There's obviously a bunch more. There's been a lot of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We didn't really get too much into other animated stuff beyond Rebels. I'm sure a lot of people who love the Clone Wars have a lot of those moments in there as well. I, I but... considered putting shaving his head and uh, faking his own death on here, but mm. then I didn't. I thought you were going to put something about uh, Satine on here with him and, uh, you know. Nothing her... good happens. <laughs> we well, know the... about them and then she dies. <laughs> doesn't, that, doesn't that have to be good um but yeah, yeah. um but yeah let us know if uh, any of your picks didn't make the list in the comments or on twitter quote tweet the episode uh and let us know what you think but that's ours and again this list may be updated after we see the obi-wan kenobi series hopefully anyway right yeah let's get some more so. big obi-wan moments but uh we have one more thing to do before we get out of here and the theme resides so Lacey, let's take our last segment home all right, guys, it's time for Resistance Transmissions. So as you guys know, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter, and you guys give your answers. This week, we asked you, what has you most excited about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Not as wacky crazy situation. and wacky, but maybe you guys are going to get that way in the answers. So first up, we have Joey Sack at Joey Sack. What up, Joey? He says, seeing Ewan and Hayden in Star Wars again is very exciting, but, I, but I'm also excited to see Joel Edgerton as Owen again. In general, I'd say I'm most excited about these actors having a chance to explore these roles more. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. For sure. Next is Chris White at Red5Chris. What up, Chris? He said, the struggle between Owen and Ben, also the live action Inquisitors, just seems too cinematically put together. Uh, just seems to be so cinematically put together. Mm -hmm. A different feel from other live action from the volume. I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Next. So is does he, so does Ewan. He's like yeah. it was blue, everywhere, blue and green. <laughs> Next is RMD Collective going to Swaka at RMD Collective. What up? They said that we finally will see a lightsaber fight in live action Star Wars series. I miss it. Hashtag lightsaber. That was a good too. point. I didn't really think of that. We haven't really seen a lightsaber on lightsaber fight in the Disney Plus stuff yet. Mm -hmm. Next is nerdy underscore Seb mm. at Sebast eight one three zero zero. What up? I'm assuming Sebastian. Uh, 
They said, I think I'm most excited to see Hayden back in the suit, seeing him without his mask. I really think we're going to see him with the half thing like Hasbro has. It's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Adam Furley at Adam Furley underscore Furley. Yeah. Uh, Adam said, I think I'm most excited to see Kenobi confronting Darth Vader for the first time since Mustafar. It will be so powerful and emotional. They keep talking about it in their interviews. The moment we see each other. Uh, yeah. Next is Mike Lovins at Mike Lovins. <laughs> What's up, Mike? Mike Lovin. Way to get your handle, Mike. It, yeah, that could be that could be his name. Yeah. I doubt uh, it. <clears throat> Mike said, for me, it's the renewed ap- appreciation for what Ewan and Hayden brought to Star Wars. I'm very excited for them both. Yeah, I'm, like we said earlier, it's like every time they bring it up, I just, part of me goes, oh, because they're like, hmm. well, finally people like, it was, a, it was a good movie. It's like they're still trying to convince themselves. I I agree with Mike, but I can't get over thinking that that could be his real name and like how everything changed after Superbad came out. Oh, that poor Mike. I'm sorry. Like if his last name was Lovins or Lovins or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, your name is Mike Lovins. And he just went. (laughs) I know. Like you're watching the movie and you're like, oh no, they turned it into a bad thing. Yeah. Next is GDR Jeff at loyalty underscore cash interesting uh they said i think the possibility of flashbacks intrigues me but i mainly want to see the inquisitors in action i'm guessing they're in the story to give chase but i hope we get to see a good amount of dueling too i think they're gonna be sick i think they're gonna be really cool uh next is tyler shepherd at tyler shepherd 96 what up tyler who said john williams theme for kenobi as well as natalie holt's music for the series Oh my God, John Williams! Yeah. Good point. We've not heard right. original music really for this yet. We've only nope. heard trailer music and renditions of old songs. Last but not so, least is Fox uh, Twin at Fox Twin. What up, Fox Twin? They said a scene with Qui Gon Jinn's ghost. Yeah, Spoop. we'll see. According to him, he's not on it. Yeah. Okay, I'll make a pie bet with Liam Neeson right now. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us at, on Twitter at RBATSWNN. Look out for the situation uh, and go from there. Back to you, John. So before we get out of here, guys, mm. live breaking news mm-hmm. from Radiant Beer Co., who just emailed us to let us know that some of their patrons are already buzzing about our event. Some of their patrons? <laughs> Like, the like, pe- their like their bar patrons, their bar, their bar patrons. people who go to their brewery. So that's pretty cool. So <laughs> very exciting. Um, but I want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being part of TRB. Uh, before we do get out of here, um, our event at Star Wars Celebration, absolutely not possible without our patrons. So uh, thank thank you again to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and a very special shout out to our generals and spice runners uh carmelo jeremy myers john Reese, jetta rosewater paul olson frank grande darth hurricane john charlton nick kratz christian morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori matt heath double c chris chris white brendan mclaughlin and val trichkoff and our spice runners david probus neil shaw kendall gellner ryan wara dave hornack micah harrison thomas hennessy and Andrew Staley. Thank you for all of your support and to all of our patrons. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to sing your praises 
uh, all week. Um, you, you really help us out a great deal and allow us to do a lot of great things. So hopefully what we put out, uh, you're really digging. And we are really excited for what we have in store for Celebration. I think it's going to blow away everything we did in 2019. So we're very, very excited. Thank you all. Um, uh, make sure you uh, go to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies, putting out an episode on the original Top Gun on Monday. Uh, and then we're going to go see it on, uh, the sequel on Tuesday. So get that pod everywhere you get your pods. Lacey. I can't wait for celebration. I'm so excited to see people uh, and just kind of engage with you guys in, online as well because that's something I'm always I'm always online. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. And if you're interested in hearing me talk about Ray, uh, I'm on a panel on the fan stage on Friday at Celebration at 1.30 talking about Ray and how she defined a new generation of Jedi. Nice. Yeah. Uh, man in the hat. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at the same handle, at Myra Trunks. Indeed. At Obi-Wan at... Kenobi's biggest fan. <laughs> That's the hashtag right in, my, in my profile. Yeah. He's going to get a tattoo at Celebration. <laughs> to scale of... Obi-Wan Kenobi on his back. Could you imagine just, James got the chance to interview Ewan and he'd just be like, so like, why are you the best Jedi? Like, come on, just like, convince me. Do <laughs> you like, even think you are? <laughs> yeah, like, what if people I got a call you the just... goat. Uh, I don't I don't buy it. Pitch yeah, me. A little, little strong, I think, you know. <laughs> Ewan's like, Between the what? two of us here. Um, but what if I got a tattoo that just ha- says I-N-E and people say, what is that? It says, that's my tattooine. That's not bad, actually. That's pretty good. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll allow James to depart on a high note like George Costanza. But we'll, we'll see you on Monday morning where we will, even though we'll be packing and scrambling and going crazy in the base, we will be putting out another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. So until then, have a great weekend and we'll see you around, kids. <laughs>